The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Dead end deaf child is with us here today. How are you doing? I'm oh, pretty good, yeah. Great. Now, you've got a new project out at the moment, which is called Haunted. Can you just describe the basic idea of that? project first of all uh you know i i was kind of like trying to work towards a certain direction with music production and one of the things i always try to do basically with like synths and stuff the type sounds that i wanted it took me a long time so to get there i heard other artists doing it that i liked i couldn't really get there but even by the time i started to get there and kind of like take this neural funk type synth sound to other type places like more trap style edm and breaks and even reggaeton type drum sequencing you know when i got there i i kind of discarded my old musical identity and left it behind and started just working on this new project in this new type of aesthetic which is kind of like a a horror pop type vibe Mm -hmm. i experiment with a lot of other genres within edm but i kind of like to have this uh you know scary type but also melodic type thing going on so yeah. i think that this project is kind of just all of those things once i abandoned my old aesthetic and kind of went in this direction and was able to create the sound that i wanted mm. that kind of led to this project yeah and is it an album then yeah basically and i think what's going to happen is it might be more than that i always kind of give away all my music for free you know so i, I have it on my youtube with no advertisements or anything yeah. i could put it on a distributor to put it onto itunes and all that type of stuff so i think yeah. once it's finally completed which should be sometime soon i'm going to take the majority of the good stuff maybe and send it to a distributor but always leave the other stuff out there even that stuff for, so people could view it for free if they want you know yeah. um so this project basically is coming to completion of that. I might some of the stuff that makes it to the actual marketed project. You know, it might not be everything. But a lot of it might get cut, but oh well, you know. Yeah. And how come you're giving it away for free then? Because surely advertising on YouTube is maybe a very easy way to make money from your music. Oh yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I think even if I was like, you know, obviously I'm still trying to get my music out there. Now that I'm at the level that I think that I, I produce at the type of quality that people would want to listen to it. And I, I know how music theory works now, which I didn't when I first started many years ago. You know, I, I feel like, um, you know, if I was at a level where I had, you know, big shows I was doing and stuff like that, I would still get my music away for free to people that want to listen to it. I always yeah. like the type of 
business model that people like Radiohead and Nine Inch Nails had tried years ago, you know, of putting stuff out there for free, but then taking also donations or people wanting, you know, if they want to buy a physical copy, being able to provide something like that with extra value, like stuff that's in it, rather than kind of the way the music industry works these days where, you know, you give your money to iTunes or whatever, the, the artist gets a little piece of it. And then, you know, that's it. I feel like if you do want to do this with the artist, you could do this with them directly. And I would, yeah. I would make myself available like that. But I also think that if you want to listen to your music and you like to make music, you should make it available for them at least for free, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's great that there's no middleman in that way. Yeah. So I don't know, you know? Yeah. So how did you first get inspired to do this particular project, Haunted? I think I started to work on uh, a video and I actually had kind of done the song and I I was, you know, in the end phases of my last artist identity. And um, I can play the actual song if you want. But uh, when I when I made the song, I was like, this is a little bit different Mm -hmm. than some of the stuff I've been working on previously. You know, it doesn't really fit the same category. I felt like it was a major departure from the stuff I had been doing, not Mm -hmm. just on like a skill level. Like I, you know, become a little bit more skilled during the process. Like always, I had kind of reached another plateau but also just the aesthetic of the track, the video and everything was much different than what I had been working on previously. And I think that kind of pushed me in that direction. And I I just kind of tried to harp at it more. And I said, okay, well, this is the process, the formula I used to get that. Let me just try to just go through it in a whole bunch of different variations. And I I got a lot of good stuff out of it. And I kept being surprised that it was going that well they actually that song's called see tomorrow mm-hmm. which i think i put a video of that on youtube on july 9th 2020 so it's been almost a year now that i've been working on this project it's been about a month away from a year that i've been working on it wow that's incredible so take it you've got a lot of songs that have taken a lot of time to finish yeah i mean actually to be honest one song that, that i think was, i would say took me the longest to finish technically is i i did a no movie amount to i don't know if you play Final Fantasy or familiar with the series, they made a song called Home Sweet Home that was on uh, Super Nintendo Final Fantasy V. Yeah. So now that song, I was originally exposed to it playing the games growing up, but I would say about I don't know, almost 20 years ago when I started producing music, I tried to like remix it and I had an orchestral album when I tried to resample of these people. Actually, uh, they're finished. They're a Sami folk group, right? They sing it called Angelique and they did this in 1993. Um, nobody amounts to release an album over there called Dear Friends. And it was one of the remixes they did. So the, the finished singing of the song, they also they, they do it in basically Sami and English, but the English one is the one I used for the, the song that I did. And even back then, when I tried to resample it, maybe song it sucked 20 years ago. So I've been kind of like toying with the idea ever since. And a while back, you know, I, I released that on May 16th. I went back into that project and I said, well, let me now take the knowledge I have and try to redo this and do it properly. So then I released that song, Home Sweet Home. And uh, I was looking for a video to use for it. I tried to look in the public domain of stuff that's available out there. And it just so happened, I was looking through old cartoons. I seen this Betty Boop. And there's this weird scene towards the end because she runs away from home where this like wind tears away this thing that says Home Sweet Home. It's basically she tries to run away from home but the world is really terrible so she comes back. Unfortunately, the song, the Nobody Master song and the Dear Friends version had the very kind of like home sweet home, like you're on a very long journey and you want to get back to home feeling. So it kind of goes together. And I, I was very yeah. like, uh, I guess, 
amazed at the synchronicity between those things randomly you know (laughs) and the name of your album haunted why is it called that is that the theme of the album well it's kind of funny because i feel like all the stuff i i do kind of has like a haunted type vibe to it but (laughs) uh you know I originally was like trying to think of a way to describe the type of music I was making at the time. Like, how do I sum up this like very niche type genre I've drawn yeah. myself toward that I've been wanting to make for a long time? It's kind of like trap EDM music, but it's like haunted, it's like haunted trap house music. So I also have a lot of house elements. Uh-huh. So originally it was haunted trap house. And I said, I don't want to call my album haunted trap house. It doesn't sound, people might get their own idea. So I kind of left it with the haunted and kept the vibe elements of it. Then chop off the other part. Yeah. And do you feel it has particular lyrical style in it? Well, I mean, I, I use a lot of different stuff. I have I have some mm-hmm. tracks that I haven't done yet, but like there's a track I there's a uh rapper from London named Razor, right? That I use some of his material on it on a track that's pretty good. Um so there there's rap elements to it. There's also a song I have on there called Let Go that has almost more of a country type vibe to it some yeah. of it like with the guitar and the female vocals it's the only song I really have it's like then i have another one called alone that almost has like punk rock type female vocals over yeah. it so you know i kind of try to go into a bunch of different areas of stuff like that i have another song that, that on there that i kind of like is fairly decent called remedy that has almost r&b type vocals over it so it goes from everything that you could imagine pop type edm r&b hip-hop uh, you know, punk yeah. rock, everything you could imagine at some point, you know? Yeah. So did you grow up then listening to a variety of different genres then? Yeah, I mean, I listened to a lot of music growing up, especially because my parents, you know, from the United States and Florida, my parents, they started to go to like Amsterdam and stuff multiple times a year in the yeah. mid-90s, and they brought a lot of crazy music back with them, yeah. you know? So I got into big beat and stuff then, so I always was kind of drawn to EDM. But, you know, over here, obviously, breaks and stuff are really big right from Florida is kind of well known for breaks around the world. So I got exposed to all that type of stuff with EDM, but I also like all kinds of regular genres of music, too, you know. Yeah. Um, I pretty much listen to everything. That's why when I start making something, I don't really discriminate against what direction the track wants to go. You know, I'm like, okay, let's let's yeah. go this direction. And I guess that's what we're doing today. Yeah. And when you first started making music, was there a particular song or genre that got you into it? Or were you just thinking you wanted to make music in general? Yeah, I think I always was drawn my whole life towards making music somewhere. Like, like you know, I, I started out with like bass guitar and stuff like that, playing a bunch of different instruments and stuff. But I, I yeah. just always was drawn towards even like rap type stuff, engineer people, every type of thing. I, I was a, I've been a DJ for a long time, you know. So you know, DJing stuff, especially I had to get into a bunch of other you know genres of music, and I always wanted to make music a particular type of music. And I think even when I really started producing music, I knew what I wanted it to sound like in my head but i hadn't really heard anybody else make those type sounds back then you know like i think from the first exposure i got exposed to sounds like that was uh pendulum you know i think what they're from like new zealand or something you know so the first time that was in the mid-2000s when i first really heard people doing those type of you know filters and stuff over since to make those like nasty type grimy sounds you know and i i heard something in the beginnings of dubstep you know around about over 10 years ago now wow. and then definitely with neurofunk like tone sound and stuff noise you know, those are the type of artists that i heard where i was like that is a sound that i want to make like these guys are very they're professionals the whole structuring and layering i would say when i was younger i used to be really impressed by trent Reznor's nine inch nails you know to do 
kind of very in-depth productions where you can listen to a song multiple times and still hear other things that you weren't really hearing the time before because there's so much stuff going on, like the layer of stuff always impressed me. And that made me want to make my own stuff. So I was like, I, I want to make some layers of music like this, you know? <laughs> yeah. And was there a particular moment when you were really young that you thought, hmm, maybe there's something in music that I want to do? Yeah, I think always, like somehow yeah. even when I was a kid, like I, I want to give you an example and there was yeah. stuff even before this, when I was in elementary school, probably like second grade, there was a thing, we all went to the music room to do chorus and, you know, the, nobody wanted to go up and I just like went up there. I'm like, okay, I did not know the song that this lady was about to play on the piano next to me. And I'm supposed to sing along to see if I can get in chorus. But for yeah. some reason, I really wanted to get into chorus and I sang this song I did not know perfect and got into chorus and was the first person that was like even that thing i was like I, somehow i always knew that like like i i was drawn to music there's some kind of invisible thread that's connected me to music in my whole life you know not just as a fan of other people's music although that's a big part of it but also with you know music creation like music is probably the most major part of my life my whole life i mean there's a lot of other major parts also but at least when it comes to like personal pursuits i've gotten into a lot of other things but music has always kind of been like my comfort zone where and when everything else is going terrible like okay well at least i still got music you know yeah it's good to have that and is music what you do full time or do you have other jobs that help you pay the bills Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, I basically manage a strip club oh. in Florida. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You know, and that takes up a lot of my time. That's the majority of my time. You know, um, obviously, I, I have my wife and everything, and my son, I think. They, they get some time too, but my job, I'll say, it takes up sometimes, you know, 60 hours a week of managing strip club. You think it sounds very fun and easy. It's not. It's difficult, you know, so, but it does pay the bills. You know, I've gotten some money from music before. I mean, especially because even managing strip clubs, I got to that point by DJing. I DJed strip clubs for a long time, you know. I used to DJ normal parties and raves and venues and we have an area over here called eboard by tampa that's well known for clubs and i would like do shows for open bar i would basically like me and my homeboys to throw a raid and we would break even at the end or lose a little bit of money i didn't know i could just go to the strip club and dj and get cash every day and it's great you know so uh that and so that i was able to catapult that into management though so in some way it's still very much connected to music music is a big thing connected to that industry even controlling the crowds and you know like the type of it, it's very complex the way that it, it interacts with it, but it's still like somehow a music job, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people might poo poo managing a strip club as a silly little job, but really it's like managing anything. There's a lot yeah, of work in it still. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's a service industry, hospitality, really, that's it. It's, it's They're basically just glorifying type bars, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's girls that go dance around half naked, but it's like a lot of people that go there, they're not really there for that, you know? Mm. So it's a whole different cultural type thing, I guess. Yeah. So how did you come up with your actual name then, Dead End Deaf Child? So as you see behind me, I got these signs, dead end, deaf child, right? So um, I grew up on the street when I was younger, and it was a dead end, and there was a deaf child on there. The deaf child wasn't me. It was my mm. friend's brother. But, um, you know, I used to see that sign, and this I used to make music even for a long time now, and I used to be like, that really describes me. My life is like a dead end, and I'm like, deaf child, I can't probably even hear. My music is terrible. And I was like, that really describes me. And I, you know, I used to think this for years, and I used another artist's name and stuff for a long time. But I always used to, even when I was trying to tell people about the street I grew up on over there, I'll say, well, you know, if you ever know that area, it's that street that has a sign that says dead end, deaf child. So I actually went back, you know, not too long ago, and I said, well, I'm going to start using this artist's name now. Let me go take a picture of this sign. Well, my friend's brother that was deaf has grown up, so the deaf child part was gone. And there's not very many places where it's exactly like this sign over this sign and dead end deaf child. I was like, there's a whole bunch of different dead end signs and deaf child signs and variations of them. And I couldn't find another one like that to even take a picture of. So luckily my wife got me these signs. I don't know how she got them. I told her I was gonna pay somebody maybe to go take them. I think that's illegal. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Although wasn't there a Simpsons episode about how you could steal a street sign if it had your name on it? Oh yeah, I think so. That's correct. Yeah. So <laughs> so I think I have to run the go then. <laughs> yeah. So you also spent a little while in prison for importing ecstasy from China. So what's the full story there? So now this is the thing. I, I didn't even have MDMA. I had something called MDMC or BKMDMA, also known as methylone or methyl one. I had a website off selling it and stuff. I didn't think it was illegal. I was very big into research chemicals and so i thought as long as you were, we're not selling it for human consumption and the people agreed to that that you were cool well that wasn't the case so when i was importing these chemicals i was getting them from china obviously yeah. and you know i had a pretty 
big business of doing this on a regular, but I also dealt with some people I knew. And one of the people I knew in real life, they set me up. So 10 days before the United States made MDMC emergency schedule one, they indicted me for importing it from China, but they charged me under an old law from the 1980s called the Controlled Substances Analogs Enforcement Act. And they said that since it was so similar to MDMA, they actually charged me with MDMA. So my argument was, well, if it was already schedule one under this old analogs act you know then why'd you have to make it emergency schedule one 10 days after you indicted me yeah. and that didn't get me anywhere i still sat in prison for like almost 70 years federal prison in the united states i went all over i finally got to see the country but it was from behind bars it was terrible yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> what's it actually like to be in prison then is it as miserable as it looks well, I mean, I mean, obviously, the United States prisons are terrible, especially state prisons. They have different levels. You have state prisons, which are, you know, their local municipalities and whatever. They're prisons. Then you have federal prison, like where I went, which is like, you know, the United States government. So you go to court. It's not you versus the state or whatever. It's you versus the United States government. So when you go to a federal prison, they can send you anywhere. Federal prison has a few tiers. They have camps which you could basically just walk off for very low level offenders they have low which have fences and stuff around them they're fairly nice and the camps are very nice then they have mediums where we start to get to bad prisons that's where i was at. i only started in medium and then i and ended up going to the usp which is level above that usp is like very bad it was one of the worst prisons in the country a place called usp mccreary and uh basically it's, it's up in the mountains of kentucky it's terrible so anyway, that there is one step higher than a USP, a federal penitentiary, and that's an ADX, like underground in Colorado, a place where they send a Unabomber, that you do get your own single cell there. That's all. You you don't get out of there. You can't just go to ADX, no matter how bad you are. You can start killing people in prison. They're still going to keep you in a USP, a penitentiary. <laughs> so it's very hard to get to ADX. Only it's a very small group of people there. I only did time in mediums and penitentiaries so that was terrible i mean it is as bad as they make it seem i guess you could say maybe even worse sometimes but i would say overall that you know life is what you make it even in there so then i mean it wasn't really that bad you know i mean i, I made it through i lived <laughs> you know, so. yes that's true and it could have been a lot worse because there's prisons in arizona where it's in the heat all day and it's outside and you have to do yeah. a lot of Work. The feds all at least have air conditioning and stuff. They say the fed is like club fed and they do. They used to be really nice, you know, 20 years ago. By the time I got there, they were ruined because they said they passed this thing called the Anti-Gang Act and they indicted basically every type of gang member they could find, even for un like not federal crimes. And they yeah. flooded the federal prison system with these people. So when they did that, basically what ended up happening is... The federal prison system went to shit. The food became terrible. You don't really get supplies and stuff like that. You know, like in, in a federal prison in the United States, if you work all month right now, you get paid $5.25, not per hour, but for the month. That's like almost every job in there. There is maybe 20% wow. of jobs where you could make up to $100 a month, but most every job in there is $5.25. That's, that's like a, a bar or so. And so, uh, Shampoo and conditioner. <laughs> wow. Unless your people on the street sending you money, you're pretty much fucked in there. I, I have my hustle though. I type and stuff like that. I did I would type on an old school typewriter, like Congress Towns in there doing legal work and everything, you know, for people yeah. gambling tickets, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. I guess the value of the dollar is very high in prisons. Well, you don't get a dollars in there, they use stamps as dollars. So you every know, you have dollar stamp. <laughs> They're really trying, they're not even worth a dollar. They're technically only worth 90 cents. And then you have like these little 50 cent stamps. So you go to somebody like, basically, if you have a book of stamps on most compounds, that's like about $20. You have 
of yeah. spending money. So you just have stamps on you all the time. Instead of money, like people find the currency any type way, even if it's like an online game, you know, yeah. Stone, Jordan, and Diablo too. They find some kind of currency to make it, you know? Yes, absolutely. Well, when you're not making music and committing crimes, what <laughs> do you like to get up to in your spare time? Um, I mean, pretty much it's music, but I also do like programming and stuff like that. You know, yeah. um, I of fact, I'm out time with my wife and my son, and also uh, her daughter and everything too. So, you know, I, I spend time with the family, mostly my free time. I like to watch movies and stuff like that, but I also like to program. I, I've always been fascinated by open source stuff and everything. I, I do all kinds of different projects. Um, one of the projects I have right now is free. It doesn't have any type of advertisements or anything like that. But um, I have something called triumphy.xyz. It's a website. But it basically gives some free tarot card readings. Uh, on my mom's side of the family, people, they uh, read normal playing cards as tarot cards, which I guess playing mm-hmm. cards were the original divination tarot cards. Tarot cards were built on top of playing cards. So I learned how to read these normal playing cards as tarot cards when I was in prison. But when I got out, after practicing a lot, and I said, why don't I program and make a little like website to do it? So I had a few different iterations of it. And it, it goes through like a whole thing. It tells you past, present, future. It's all mathematical. I, I basically, I could probably make the code open source. I, I, I believe it, if anybody wants that, send them open source. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's all this mathematically, logically based way to do a tarot reading. So I thought about maybe selling the software or something like that. But that's how I, so I like, I used to do a lot of proprietary software for companies like CRUD systems, create, read, update, delete, those type of things. So, yeah. uh, you know, any type of interactive database stuff is stuff what I used to do before. So I'm like, this is a very easy side project for me. I was in IT for most of my life before the strip club stuff. And before prison, I, I, I did IT for a while. And yeah, I've always just kind of developed software. I know about a dozen different languages. I'm full stack. I was a full-time developer before I ever heard that term or knew what it was. You know, I always, like, from the time I was a young teenager, was into PHP and stuff like that. I love web programming mainly, anything with SQL and stuff like that. Love it. I don't know why. I, I have a, such a passion for it, but it's it's almost on par with music. It's hard to say which, which one I really like more, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have any more songs on the way that we're able to look forward to as well, then? Uh, yeah, I mean, I always am doing new stuff. You know, sometimes it might take me two weeks to do a song in a video, but I'll say more commonly, it's more about once a week, I'll go through different projects and stuff, and then something will ripen during that time. You know, I, I have one I've been working on right now. Where I feel like even, you know, the song that I just did, Wake Up, I'm saying for this thing, I feel like I, that is another, like, kind of juncture. So, like, the same, like, kind of upgrade that got me to become this artist about a year ago i feel like now a year in i might be able to start working on the next project so i'm going to slowly be doing that while i wrap up the previous project i'm actually about polish up finalize it and you know the other project is already kind of in the works and i think wake up is kind of the first song maybe it'll be the last song of this project because it'll kind of lead into this other types style we're still me as an artist making that type of music but it's kind of metamorphosed a little bit over a year you know yeah absolutely well in the meantime where are we able to check out all the music that you have released and also keep up to date with you on the socials and stuff um i have a twitter but i barely use it i would say i have dead and dead child.com and you know, all one word dead and Dev Child. Uh, that will just always link to my latest video, whatever I've uploaded to YouTube, which is the if you ever want to see or listen to my music for free, it's all on YouTube. Um, I have a channel in there called Vulture Media, like V-O-L-T-C-H-U-R-E Media. Um, but if you look up Dead End, Dev Child, it's two different words. So Dead End is one word, Dev Child is the second word. 
you can usually find me on there. I have a, I have a playlist on there called Haunted of all my new stuff. So, um, you know, it, basically whenever I release a new video, the first place it goes is to YouTube, obviously. Um, then um, I, I, I eventually will have stuff on all the other platforms and everything too. Um, I, if anybody is ever interested in actually like my music, I always have like products available if they want to look at them, stuff like that, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm always available for talking about other people make similar music. They want to bounce tracks off me, collaborate, whatever, let me know, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show today. It's been great to have you on. Yeah, definitely. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.